among the sounds that I've missed. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy. Bruce is brought to you by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Hey, Dale. I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. You know, I was thinking about it. We hit the 50-day plateau today, 50 days since there was last a professional sport. Uh, have you reached the stage of the pandemic where you actually miss the Bruins media yet? <laughs> I do. I do every day, Dale. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you actually get along with the media better than a lot of coaches do. Are you starting to at least dream about what's going to happen and the possibilities of getting your team back in, in your room again? Uh, I am. Um, a little bit optimistic yesterday. There's some news that uh, they're discussing a return to play. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of things that come before that. Um, getting everyone in a safe environment. And so once that's taken care of, hopefully we can find a way to get back at it. Um, you know, ideally, you'd want the fans there, but I just don't, it doesn't look like that's a possibility right now. So then they talk about, you know, just getting it on TV. But anyway, shape or form is good by me as long as, like I said, the players are okay with it. Um, it's a safe environment for everyone and we can get back to it. Because I think everyone misses sports in some way, shape or form right now. Um, and, and their normal way of life. So hopefully, uh, you know, we're able to do it. But um, the powers of be will let us know, and we'll be ready to go if, if they say we're, we're able to do it. How has the communication with the league been as far as different ideas that you guys may you may end up, you know, going through? Because you know, we're reading about stuff. Hey, Manchester, New Hampshire might be a site, or a certain place in Canada might be a site. Like, Are you, are you guys kept up to date with, with all of that stuff? Rich, you know that Donnie fills me in, right? Because he, he's at the meetings with Cam. Uh, we have our player reps, Tori, I think Carlo, so they'll get on calls. So I'm kind of getting it, you know, f- through them a little bit. What you read in the media, um, it, it appears like they're trying to stay in NHL ranks that are uh, able to, you know, house a number of teams at the same time. So you're looking at a minimum of, I think, four dressing rooms that are, you know, typically NHL size. So. Um, that might preclude some of those rinks that we were talking about earlier to holding, uh, you know, a, a so-called uh, regional, you know, tournament or regular season games, whatever they do. So I think they're floating around whatever they can. But like you, I'm just hearing, you know, things secondhand, and then Donnie will kind of fill us in as, as something gets a little more concrete. And he hasn't said where we would end up, if it would be in Boston or somewhere else right now. It's more about getting back to work first and then worrying about kind of where we'll end up if we end up playing. So, uh, you know, that that's what I've got from them. Um, so that might eliminate the New Hampshire's and the North Dakotas of the world, but I guess we'll find out down the road. You have coached a Game 7 of a Stanley Cup final. Can you even envision a scenario of coaching that game with that intensity with no fans? No. I mean, I, I would happily do it. Don't get me wrong, but it's it just... You know, as a coach, one of the interesting things is when the building's full, there's a lot of energy. You know, like there's timeouts, you know, for TV and, and there's music playing. And, uh, you know, there, there, there's just a lot of noise going on, announcements over the PA, all these things that, and you really got to block a lot of that out as a coach and try to, if you're trying to get a message across timeouts or just take a deep breath. So all of a sudden now it stops and you can hear a pin drop in a rink. I think it's going to be different for everybody. You could probably hear the other side's conversation if they're, you know, talking to their players if the benches are close enough, et cetera. So um, it, it's going to be weird. It really will be if there's no fans in there. So we'll see. I mean, I, guys adjust, right? I mean, players just want to play at the end of the day. And once the puck drops, they'll they'll focus. But it will be a different atmosphere and take a little getting used to.
you know, and if you know, hopefully you are able to resume at some point in some way. Is it going to still be looked at the same way? Like, is the cup going to be looked at as, yep, that was just another Stanley Cup champion and just as deserving as as all of the others? Because on the one hand, yeah, you get, you guys are all in this together, but I mean, taking two, three, four months off and then maybe having to alter the the playoffs how how is that going to be looked at? Well, down the road, it won't matter, right? Well, you know, whoever will be the 2020 champs, no one's, you know, they'll talk about it a bit, but you'll have your name on the cup. So I think the, the legacy part will always be there. Uh, in, the, in the short term here, there will be some doubters, people that are saying, well, it wasn't legit. And I don't know. I think it's it could be even tougher mentally to t- take a break like this than have to, you know, pick up your game again and get right almost, to, you know, listen, there might be a few, few league games. I'm not sure what the format will be, but you're getting right back at it. So, uh, I think a, a, a team that's even tougher mentally, uh, well, you know, we'll, 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 mm-hmm. that's what it's going to take to win, you know, to, to even be able to, to refocus yourself, regroup after a, a layoff like this, do it in a different environment. So you could make that argument that, um, you know, that, that that team should be credited even more for being able to do that. So I don't know. I guess when it's all said and done, we'll have that conversation, what, what, you know, because it's so new to everybody, what, what it was like to go through it. Um, and then people be up to people to judge. But I know if we're the champions, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, it's counts. Yeah. <laughs> that, that ring's going to you know, be, be beautiful to look at every day, and it's going to be all worth it. But uh, like I said, I think that'll be up to the, the sports historians to sort of talk about that and see where they rank it. We're talking with Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy. At the time the league was suspended, uh, your team had a record of 44 14 and 12. You had exactly 100 points. You had a six point lead over St. Louis for the overall lead in the NHL. As you sit here now, do you think, is this going to be a good thing or a bad thing that we broke when we did? Well, you listen, I'm an optimist, but I, we, we did lose momentum. I mean, our team was, was playing well. Uh, we had our ups and downs like everybody, but I think right now when we went into it, we, we were starting to get to the level we wanted to be for playoff hockey, the defensive team structure, um, all those things that, you know, you need to, you know, to, to, you know, to have success. Our biggest challenge at the time was chemistry with our lines. We just traded for uh, Richie and Kasha. So we're moving them in the lineup, trying to figure out where they best fit. Um, so, you know, that part of it for us is, is disappointing. Uh, having said that, we got a veteran group. I think they're excellent pros, good professionals. I think, Picking up where we left off, uh, we have some advantages. Our guys have been there and done it. I think we have a good mix of people. We did have Krug and Carlo who were out with injuries that I believe if it started tomorrow would be healthy and ready to go. So that's the flip side of it. We'd have a full lineup like like a lot of teams. And I know a lot of the discussion has been about trying to resume the regular season and, and not just jump to the postseason. And whether it's 82 games or not, at least get some regular season games. How much of that do you think would be – in order to knock the rust off and, you know, hopefully everybody can hit the ground running come playoff time and, and, you know, it looks as intense as it has, you know, every other year? Well, I think it would be important to get some some games, first of all, to clarify who's in the playoffs. Ideally, you know, just in my opinion, you'd rather just have 16 teams like you typically do. That makes it to me, keeps the integrity of it. Um, we've played about 85% of our schedule, but I do believe you'd need to play some games, if at all possible, like in that time frame. So if they decide, yeah, we have the time to do it, well, then let's do it. Let's get as close as to 82 so they can say, hey, 
teams have all had a legitimate chance, um, especially in this scenario. If you played four or five games, the teams that are bubble teams, and I'll use the East for example, the Carolinas, the Islanders, um, you know, those Columbus, they could they could say, listen, we we had our opportunity coming out of this break to, you know, we had five or six games or whatever they're going to decide to to solidify our spot. So that part of it, I think is important. And the second part is player safety, right? I think it's, you know, to, to ramp up and go right into the playoffs. Wow. It'd be a big ask. Uh, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. But I think it would benefit the players, you know, for obvious reasons to get some, some of their timing back uh, and, and, and regular season games would allow us to do that. So I think that's been put on the table for, for both those reasons. And I think they'll, they will try to keep that. But again, uh, you know, that's going to be determined, I think, by, you know, the timing of when we can get going and, and obviously how far uh, you want to push back next season start. Because if you're going to play this year, obviously it's going to have a domino effect on that. Well, and if you, you mentioned the integrity of it too, would you be okay if, say, the first round was a best of five instead of a best of seven or if they had to alter, you know, make some changes in the playoffs just to sort of shorten that, that amount of time? Well, listen, I'd prefer a best of seven simply because that's always the way they've done it. Uh, again, it's the what-if scenario. How many games have you played before that? If it's a best of five, you know, have you, how does your team play in our situation? You know, obviously being a top team, uh, I think the longer the series goes, the more advantageous it is to the supposedly better team. So a shorter series can allow for some upsets. Um, so that part for us, I'd be against it. But if that's what they said, Hey, you know, what are you going to do? Right. But I do believe uh, you you can't go right into a playoff and say, okay, we're going to play two best of five and a best of seven because we only have six weeks to get this done. Then I think you lose the integrity of it. So that's my opinion on that. I think they've got to try to stay as true as they can to the, you know, to the format of, you know, you know, to to, to truly crown a champion. But again, um, if it's safe to do it, we just want our chance. And I guess we'll just abide by whatever they come up with this is not any implied criticism when i ask this question but uh there have been concerns at times about ice quality at the td garden in january february and march does that concern amplify if you're talking about playing in july august or september well i think it's a legitimate question in any building at that time of the year because has it ever been done i mean i assume there's summer tournaments you know that, that they play around the country and um, so you'd hope you'd have your best people on it. Um, does the fact that there's no fans in the building, does that, how much does that help the ice conditions? Cause you got, you know, less heat in the building. So those questions may answer themselves if that's the route we go. But, uh, you know, Dale, you're, you're right. I mean, will, how much will it affect the game and, uh, more so than in typical years. So, um, again, that's, you know, uh, we'll ask Matt, Matty Grizzlidge's dad, get him on the air. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a much better answer to that than I do. Um, again, it, you know, it, it, the argument would be, well, it's the same for both sides, right? So I guess that's the way I would look at it. Uh, when does player safety come into it? If it's, you know, if it's so bad, uh, that is a question the players, again, will probably put out there. So, again, all these intangibles that go into it, things that maybe you don't need little details you're not thinking about, but at the end of the day, uh, hopefully someone's on top of that and they make it as, you know, as, as you know, the condition as good as possible so that, you know, we get a decent game to watch to a product on the ice you want to watch. How much interaction have you been able to have with the players? I mean, I've seen these guys do a few of these, uh, you know, Zoom conference calls. I know all the guys that were on the uh, the Cup team, they all got together for stuff. Charo's done some stuff for, uh, around the league. But how much have you been able to talk to those guys, and how are they doing with all this? 
Well, early on, I talked to Ed or or text or you know in some way, shape, or form, every player on the team to make sure first of all, hey, how you doing? You healthy? Your family healthy? And but that's been a positive for us. Everyone seems to be doing well. Lindholm uh, had addition to the family. Tukarask has had addition to the family. Our assistant video coach uh, addition to the family. So, you know, everyone uh, is doing very well. Uh, in that regard, uh, they've had a Zoom conference. We, we've done it with the coaches every week, uh, sort of catch up, uh, you know, outline a little bit of what we want to do in our spare time here. Uh, we've brought the trainers and equipment guys and strength coaches into it. So, But we've asked from day one that our strength coach be in touch with these players because everyone's in a different uh, spot. You know, some people are stuck where they don't, they don't have access to a gym. They can't get into our facility, so they've had to make do at home. So that, that, they've taken a lead in a lot of this area to try to keep the conditioning up of the players. Um, so that's been one of the most important things. So, yes, we've been in touch. Uh, the players I know have been in touch the other day are starting the, that process of you know uh, getting reacquainted with each other. Donnie obviously has been in touch with the guys if, with any updates that are necessary. So I think as much as within reason that you can do, we have uh, – you know, sort of without, you know, crowding them. But at the end of the day, I think if it ramps up here, we'll we'll start um, reaching out to them a little bit more. But there really isn't a whole lot other just, you know, than to check in kind of in a informal manner because most of the updates are out there, um, you know, b- before we get them as coaches. So in, in that regard, they know where they stand in terms of getting ready to play. Bruce, have you got a rough idea how many of your players are out of the country? Uh, boy, off the top of my head, I know... I would say, you know, three or four went to Europe, like Nordstrom, I think, and Kasha went early, like Richie and DeBrus to Canada. Um, so I, I would say maybe, you know, five or six guys, Dale. Like, like there's four off the top of my head. I think every, most of the other guys stuck around or went to, like, Z to his second home in Florida and, and maybe crutched to South Carolina when they were able to travel. Um because they have better facilities there to, to work out with, so a little bit more room. So um, I would say, yeah, about five or six probably. Final I question. I might be off on a couple, yeah. but I think that's it. Final question for me. When you do get your team back in your dressing room and getting ready to go out on the ice for the first time, what's your biggest concern? Recovery uh, from, you know, you're going to get back on the ice. You haven't been on the ice. At least you're not supposed to have been. And we're, we're hoping that the players will get some, some time in small groups first before we start training camp. But uh, it would be recovering from uh, getting back on the ice, the muscles you haven't used in a while, uh, for our veteran core. Uh, that would be – I know they'll be in good shape. Those guys are pros. Uh, but how quick can they recover to get you know back to so we can get some good work in before we start playing? So that would be the biggest concern. I think our, our we play a structured game. I think our guys are not going to forget how to play. Um, you know, getting your hands back always takes a little bit of time. So that'll be a challenge for you know scoring in your power play, et cetera. But uh, I would think recovery um, so that you can get back to 100% the next day would be our, our biggest challenge, and, and that's something we really got to address. A quick follow-up to that. Brad Marchand in one of the uh, Zoom conferences with the season ticket holders expressed concern because you've got kind of a veteran team that it might affect older players more, this this long layoff in between. Do you share that concern? Well, I, I appreciate what he's saying. He's been in the league a long time. Um, but I, like I said, I also feel that we have a mix. We have guys that we rely on that are young, that are you know, Carlo, uh, uh, Charlie McAvoy in the back end. I wouldn't call crew old. 
Uh, Lozon's a young guy. Grizzlich is a young guy. So we have some young legs back there up front. Pasternak, DeBrusque, you know, I, I still put Marsh in the middle uh, with his energy level. Charlie Coyle's still still a young enough guy. Kasha's a young guy. Just, you know, Nordy's got good legs. Corrales a young guy. So I think, you know, Marsh might have been speaking on behalf of a few of the, the, few of the guys that have, you know, been, been there and done it a little more than him. But I still think there's a lot of young guys in our room that we would hope would carry us early on with the energy level. Um, and then the veteran guys in the room to sort of get them through the, you know, the, you know, sort of the mental part of this, that's going to be a challenge for everybody. So I, I like our mix. Uh, again, I'm a positive guy, but I, I think we're going to be fine in that regard. It's just, are we going to be ready to go? Um, you know, how is it going to affect the, you know, guys coming back that quick? You hope you stay knock on wood injury free like every other playoff and, and, uh, and healthy, you know, what, you know, that the thing that, you know, you're always worried about, what if you start up and someone tests positive, what, what is the ramifications right. of that? You know, so those are the things, the unknowns that, that I, I'm more worried about that. I, I, I'm, I'm honestly not worried about our group. I think our guys are ready. They're ready to go. They play for one another. None of that's going to change. It's, you know, what are the, the unknowns of this that, that could creep in and, and affect your team? And, you know, that's probably the same for everybody, but that's, you know, probably where I'd have the biggest concern. 